Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Canadians. And in today's show, the Canadians finally traded for a goaltender. Is he any good? Ben Chiracco's on IR, and we're a little bit concerned. And it is the return of three up and three down. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 552 of Locked On Canadians. And we are brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metla, and I'm joined, as always, by the incomparable active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, it was not a great results weekend for the Montreal Canadiens, but they did some things and some stuff that it's, I guess, a net positive a little bit, maybe. I think it's a lot of positive, actually. I know I know. There's not, it's not wins, but... And I know it's not completely a huge turnaround from before, but the three games that they played this weekend were a lot better than any game they've played in the last, I don't know how many months. And the at the same time that you're listening to this, I am also on Lockdown NHL talking about the coaching change in Montreal. So please check out that episode. But Gil Martin asked me, you know, what would you consider a success now with this coaching change? And I think daily habits, in-game habits that I'm noticing from the team, from each player, that's what I'm going to take as a success. And obviously against the Buffalo Sabres, you got to remember the afternoon games, like even the good Canadians weren't good at that. You know, afternoon games are not their strong suit. Back-to-backs are not really, it's understandable that they'd be tired. Yes, they did get Jeff Skinner. That's completely as well. Like you have to admit all of those <laughs> things. But I think, you know, if you take moments and moments, it was a lot less of an abject disaster than it usually is. And the conversations are getting a lot more pointed from the post games. And when you're talking to the players, they're not naming names or anything like that, but you can very much tell that they feel that they have the tools that they were lacking leading up to now. It's too late to save the season, but honestly, like, yes, it's three losses. Um, and, and I, I, I'm not upset at all. We want, we want this team to get a high draft pick. I think that the team has like against Columbus at least deserved a win, especially for Samuel Montembeau, but uh, the, the, the team that you're looking at on the ice is so much better than it used to be. There are, times when they are ahead in expected goals for which I went back and looked at the charts it's been a while since that has happened and it's not just that to me I'm looking at this and I'm like you know they're dominating for stretches of the game when's the last time we saw that usually you would see them not just be dominated but be dominated by a high huge margin This is a breath of fresh air. I know it's not wins. And this is the thing. They haven't actually had time to gel with this coach. They've had one practice, three games, and really awkward schedule as well with those early games. Like there's no real time to really spend time if you're the coach, if you're, um, you know, if you're the team to like have meetings and and review and and and, and talk to each player and, and review that much video, the time that you have, I really think that such a huge turnaround in such a short amount of time is attributable to the little things that Martin St. Louis is trying to instill in his team. And he himself took blame. He took blame. Um, I, I want to, I know, Scott, we have so much to talk about, but I just want to say something. Because after the game on Saturday, 
he was asked late in his press conference, he was asked, you know, against the capitals, your shots, you were, you were allowing uh, shots from less dangerous areas. It seemed to be that against Columbus, you were allowing shots from really risky, dangerous, high danger areas, whatever you want to call it. But you know what I mean? The quality of the shots that they allowed to the Blue Jackets were a lot better than the quality of shots that they allowed to the Caps. And uh, he literally, the first thing he said is that's something that you can blame on me because I was trying to teach the players or trying to get them to focus on this one aspect of their play that obviously we haven't had time to 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 do a more well-rounded job but you know that I wanted them to focus on that and I was happy uh, for for them to focus on I can't remember what it was specifically the concept that he was trying to teach them but whatever it was like that's what he wanted them to focus on so he acknowledged that that was what made their defensive game kind of be a little less tight against Columbus than it was uh, against the the Caps in the second in, in the second and third periods that we're talking about. So I just I can't say enough about this. I know the honeymoon is going to be over soon. I know it's going to wear off. You know, if the team continues to get uh, like losses and to continue to get losses, just like this is a ten game losing streak, right? It's not. It's not a good positive lose like uh, result, but the process itself is getting better and i think that's the intention of gorton and kent hughes is that they know it's a lost season they would probably prefer to have a higher draft pick and, and get that star so them seeing improvements in the process in the habits in the demeanor in the in the way that the team plays overall no matter who you throw in there i think for me that can be considered a success and i think that that's going to result in uh martin saint louis if it continues on this trajectory getting a head coaching job i'm still not 100 percent sold on a guy with zero experience becoming a head coach but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I mean, every little thing, like it, it, the, the players are playing differently, they're speaking differently. And that to me means that improvement is on the horizon. And I hope I'm right. Yeah, I do too. And I meant to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that happened this weekend, but we'll slide that as we go here. But the games were watchable. And I know that's not an exceedingly high bar to cross to have quality hockey here, but the games were watchable for the first time in months. They got smacked by the Capitals. Yes, that's true, but they played well. Like you could see things in motion and happening with that. And it was the same thing uh, against the Blue Jackets somewhat. I didn't get a chance to watch that game. I was at a wedding. And then against the Sabres, you could see thought processing and what they're trying to do here. And I think that's the most important part is – they're playing like they have some kind of purpose. Are they still very good? Uh, not yet. You don't give up <laughs> four goals to Jeff Skinner in 2022 if you're very good. But I'm seeing the process, and he seems to be making it fun for them. Ryan Palin mentioned that after their game against Buffalo is that yes, losing at least that's a huge, huge thing for a lot of players is. How what what kind of fun are you having if you're just losing and it's not close and it's not competitive or anything like that? So uh, I am really hoping that they get some wins here, build on some things. I know we want them to lose, but lose scrappy. You know, don't just go down without a fight kind of thing. So uh, the team now though is going to look a little bit different. There are two roster transactions we got to touch on coming up in our next segment. There is a new goalie one of the trade pieces on the IR, and that's all coming up next. But first, if you follow the show, you know we love Built Bar. It is past New Year's resolution. If you're going to the gym, you're going back to work, you're working from the office again, 
Stock up on Built Bar. They are ideal for whenever you need them. Have them in the morning on your way out the door. Have them as a midday snack. Have them after your workout. Have them as a dessert. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low in carbs, low in calories, high in protein. They are absolutely everything that you're going to want in your protein bar. And there is a flavor for everybody. And for this month, there's white chocolate cookies and cream. Brand new, Built Bar is always updating their flavors. And if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So please go check them out. Find what flavor suits you. There's fruit, there's chocolate, there's dessert. Like I said, there's something for everybody. That's Built.com and promo code LOCKED15. And as always, when you are done making us your first listen of the day, please check out the Lockdown NHL Olympic recap. They are crushing it. Everything you need to know about the women and men's tournaments going on right now. A lot of upsets, a lot of good games. They have you covered on the Lockdown NHL feed. It finally happened. We've been waiting and begging, and we've talked about it on this show for what feels like a month now. The Montreal Canadiens have finally added a new goaltender to the organization. Uh, this came down uh, February 12th was Saturday. So Saturday uh, Saturday morning, the Canadians traded Brandon Baddock to the Minnesota Wild for goaltender Andrew Hammond. And if you remember properly, the Hamburglar was the 2015 Ottawa Senators darling who led them on that insane run all the way to the playoffs. He lost like once or twice over the course of the regular season. Uh, Hammond was playing with the Iowa Wild in the AHL, he had a 908 save percentage and a 2.44 goals against in 11 games. Nothing spectacular. He's not going to be a season savior, but it allows Caden Primo to go down to the AHL where he is more suited and gives the Canadians basically uh, cannon fodder that they don't have to worry about developing at this point. And it's not flashy. They didn't have to give up anyone really of note. Brandon Baddock is an AHL bottom sixer with uh, the urge to punch people. A lot. Uh, his last action for the Canadians organization, however, was scoring a goal against the Syracuse Crunch on Friday night. Uh, seems like one of those, you know, good locker room guys, but at the same time, you needed a goalie and you didn't give up any of your defensemen, any of your forward, any of your uh, high end forwards, I guess I should say. So it's uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. And it's Andrew Hammond. He's not going to set the world on fire, but I'm just grateful that they actually added somebody at this point. I agree with you. I think literally all this, all all they needed was to be able to send Caden Primo back to the AHL and stop having him face those shots when he's lacking the confidence. And you know the Canadians are giving up a lot of shots. And and to their credit, to a man, all of the players are saying that they're not playing better in front of him. Even Martin San Luis acknowledging that you know they're not playing in front of the better in front of the goaltenders. They do need to play better in front of the goaltenders, and that's something that the team as a whole needs to focus on. But it doesn't matter now if you have a world class play in front of Caden Primo. His confidence is so shot that every mistake is going to haunt him and compound it. And as we can see with Jeff Petrie, I know we don't want really want to talk too much about the Jeff Petrie discourse right now, uh, but it, it's in a situation where you can't do anything right it seems like your mistakes are multiplied and often it's like you're trying too hard or you're too in your head or whatever. And the last couple of games, Jeff Petrie's made some glaring mistakes that people keep um, slamming and, and he hasn't had a good season and no matter what he's trying right now, whatever it is, it's not working. And so, you know, you can't really sit a guy like Jeff Petrie. You can't like you, you he's, he's a, I think that's the ideal situation for him if they, or until they find a trade partner, which I'm sure they're looking for, but 
you know, you need, you need to sit him. He needs a break. He needs, he needs a change of scenery or something like that. And Caden Primo, you have the luxury of sending him back to the AHL where he has been good in front of a team that is much better than the NHL team. And that hopefully is going to get his confidence back. So really you needed a body you could throw in there because Samuel Montembeau also is not at hundred percent. He said that he's uh, he, he needs some rest in order to continue to recover. Andrew Hammond, uh, I, I don't like anything Sens related and he brings the Sens fans a lot of joy. So I'm getting a little bit of a kick of the fact that now he's a Montreal Canadian. Uh, but I do think that, you know, this is going to, this is going to allow the Habs to just, just allow Caden Primo to go get the, uh, what, what he needs, the change of scenery, if you will, the practice, the, the confidence boost that he needs. And all he needs to do really is be in goal. <laughs> you know, like nobody's expecting him to win all the games from here on in. Yeah. And the funny part about this is, is that you're talking about Jeff Petrie and maybe needing a break. Unfortunately for the Canadians, they cannot do that now because before the game against the Sabres, uh, Ben Trot was put on IR. They said he's going to be out about a week. Uh, and Corey Schooneman was recalled from the Laval rocket. He played three games in three days uh, across the AHL and the NHL got an assist on, uh, I believe it uh, was Mike Hoffman's goal against the Sabres and they they're light on defensemen right now. Uh, there's Sammy Niku in the AHL and there's Louis Belpedio and Xavier Willette. So they have bodies in the AHL. They're going to recall people, but at the same time, I don't see them making a change to a rocket team that is currently thriving. They swept games against Syracuse this week. It was, uh, they had a six, two win, a five, one win and a two, one overtime win. It was a real solid week for that. And I don't think, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon want to mess with that when the Rocket have kind of come out of the bottom of the division. They're sitting third comfortably in the playoff chase right now. And they're doing it with uh, Kevin Poulin putting on an extremely good performance and all credit to him. Caden Primo is going to get the net back when he gets there, but Kevin Poulin has been extremely good for the Rocket. And I think to assuage some of the fears that Ben Sherratt's injury is considered minor. He did play almost 24 minutes, I believe, uh, while being injured. And this was just a, hey, we have bodies. Just go rest. It's fine. And then we'll get on with things here. So I'm not too worried. I don't think it's going to hamper his trade value. And maybe some rest will do him a little bit of good as well. They don't play for another couple of days. So I'm not overly worried about Ben Sherratt being on IR. Um Though if Canadians doctors are wrong and, uh, oh yeah, he's a uh, day to day turns into, well, he's week to week turns into, well, he's out for two months now, then maybe we'll reassess this, but I wouldn't worry too much about his, uh, his trade value heading into the trade deadline, because apparently there are up to a dozen teams calling about Ben Schrott. And in which case I go, I don't know why you're doing that, but okay, give me your draft picks, please. I, I mean, I like draft picks. I, I like I like overpayment for a Canadian's asset. <laughs> I, I think that's part of it is that it's like, I don't know why people want to overpay for Ben Sherratt, but it's not really my job to figure that out. I am not an NHL general manager. And if there's a dozen teams calling, that means there's multiple packages. And that means a good GM and co, which I believe Hughes and Gorton can figure this out. We'll be able to put together a really nice package. Um, we'll obviously, as we get closer to the trade deadline, previews of what we might want from some of these teams but there's a dozen teams interested in a guy who has nine points and has not been very good this year i i gotta say 
it could be a lot worse going on right now. And when Chirac comes back, maybe Petrie takes a little bit of a break because he had he started well in the Buffalo game, and then the wheels kind of fell off, and it got real ugly for Jeff Petrie in a hurry. And anytime now that he makes a mistake, the knives are just out for him. And I got to be honest, it's it's hard to watch because he's clearly become the target for everything that goes wrong in Montreal right now. Just like when Carey Price was, you know, the focus of this entire team is anything that goes wrong is Carey Price's fault or it's P.K. Subban's fault or it's Max Pacioretty's fault, et cetera, et cetera. Jeff Petrie has kind of become that guy due to his contract and his status. And yes, he hasn't been very good this year, but it's not just Jeff Petrie who's become the issue here. Who knows if he'll be here past the trade deadline. There are teams calling, I guess, Dallas and Detroit are interested, but man, I it, this team's going to look very different in a couple of weeks, I think. I would agree with that. And I think um, it's not, I don't want to say I'm excited to see these people go, but I'm excited to see changes because I think that we've just been waiting for the season to be over for so long. And uh, now we're, I'm hoping that we get some fun play out of the young guys. Like any, you know, usually when you're rebuilding, that's what you get to see is, is the young guys. You just let them uh, get out there and show what, what they can do. And I'm, I'm excited to see what the Canadians can get for some of these guys. And I'm also excited to see them move on to teams where, they're going to be able to play and hopefully make the playoffs and enjoy, you know, like there's, there's nobody on this team where I'm just like, I, I want him gone. I know a lot of people want Jeff Petrie gone. There's nobody like that on this team for me. I want to see them succeed in their next markets and I want to see the Canadians get good value for them. And I'm just, I'm excited to see the Canadians as a whole move forward. Yes. And like, we'll see, there's a lot going to happen this week. They have some time off between games. So I'm not shocked if some, things happen more roster moving obviously Andrew Hammond is now here wearing white and green pads which is hilarious to me wearing number 37 and Ben Sherratt will be back by the end of the week but it is our Monday episode and that means one thing it's time for three up and three down and that's coming up next but first as we said off the top of the show we are brought to you by a bet online and football might be over by the time you're hearing this but basketball is full speed ahead with both the NBA and college hoops. And for the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is getting fired and where they're going to end up, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has you covered for hockey, boxing, UFC, and right into the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So it is Monday. Monday means one thing. It's time for three up, three down. And we never want to end on a negative because that's no one wants that on their Monday. Mondays are hard enough. So let's do our three downs first. And <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to figure out um, who I want to put on my three down. But and I, I know he scored against the Sabres and it looked like he th- might be turning things around. Unfortunately, Jeff Petrie is on my down list. His penalty against Columbus led to the game winning goal with just seconds remaining. And then his defensive uh, miscues against the Sabres cost the Canadians a game they were very much in. So for that, unfortunately, I have to put Jeff Petrie on uh, my down list for right now. I'm just going to agree with that. Uh, My next down is the discourse, so to speak. So in general, 
I don't like to criticize other media or critique other media, like as an alternative media, as, as fans, we, you know, we've got, we've definitely got a slant and a bias uh, on this podcast, but I dislike the narrative that's been created with literal uh, mainstream pieces or opinion pieces or whatever, where uh, Cole Caulfield not saying anything about Dom Ducharme's departure or Jeff Petrie uh not really saying much about him and saying that he feels better or something like that um renders them classless because brendan gallagher opened his press conference saying thank you uh and tyler Toffoli had some nice words to say but it's it's overblown you don't need to call a player classless because he didn't he 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 didn't wish somebody um you know uh, anything in public to the media you don't know what happened you know the player might have texted him called him wished him well thanked him for what he's done uh sent him positive wishes you know said sorry coach or something like that um you know we're, we don't have to be privy to those conversations we don't have to be privy to that but also there's nothing wrong with saying that you feel better under Martin Saint-Louis because if there if you weren't going to feel like you're playing better under Martin Saint-Louis or that you have the better tools or whatever it was that Jeff Petrie said that everybody jumped on then there wouldn't have been a need for a coaching change in the first place like we need to stop being so dense we need to stop creating mountains out of nothing Brendan Gallagher has been in this market for a really long time and he knows that he needs to open his press conference by saying good things about Dominique Ducharme otherwise you're going to hear a lot of crap and that's exactly what we're hearing right now we're hearing a lot of crap and Moreover, if you are a young player who had a phenomenal start to your NHL season and then it's your rookie year and everybody thinks you're going to win, everybody had you, like the odds everywhere were that he was going to win the Calder. People were even talking about him scoring 40 goals. And when your coach screws up your season to a point where all, all he needed to do was not be there for you to score three goals where one was called back in three games... In two games, not three games, in two games, I don't think you owe that coach anything. I think, and we don't need to hear what Cole Caulfield said or felt or whatever. What we need to worry about is how's he doing right now? And he seems to be doing better, playing better, and happier with this coach. We don't need to make a big deal out of this. I was going to say the whole discourse of, well, uh, he's, you know, just everyone's looking for an opportunity to jump on players and, the season's hard enough. Can you at least have a real reason to do it instead of just making crap up because you're bored and your friend got fired? And like I said, we're not going to name names or point people in the direction. Everyone who has been paying attention knows exactly who it is. And I, I just don't have time for that. I'm not going to want to put up with that at all. It's, it's just lazy and it's bad and it's not journalism. It's just throwing people under the bus and, Truly, truly do not need that. Um, for my other down this week, uh, I, I, I think the officiating has been a little suspect. I watched the Sabres game and it wasn't great across the board. Uh, I'm finding it too a little hard to be too negative because of everything that's been going on this week. So I'm just going to throw officiating on there because NHL officiating is always suspect at best. Uh, Laura, I didn't know if you had any other down to add before we went to our three ups for this week. No, I was actually trying to think of one. So thank you for the convenient uh, <laughs> officiating one, because it's true. Like there, there are a lot of questions. Like why did that get called on, on, on Montreal, but not on Columbus or, you know, it's, 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 we're the same thing in the Sabres game or the Caps game. Uh, it's definitely, it needs to be better, but everybody already knows that. So let's move to our happy things. Three up. 
Uh, well, for my first one, and I, I'm going to the AHL for this one, is I have an up for Kevin Poulin and the Laval Rockets. Uh, Poulin went 3-0 and this week. Uh, huge week. He's done a really good job. He struggled a little bit in the ECHL. Didn't look great when he first got to the AHL, and he settled in really nicely. He's been absolutely massive for Jean-Francois Houle in net there. Primo's obviously got the net. We talked about that in our previous segment, but... It, it does a lot of good to have a trustworthy backup that, hey, if we have to rest Primo or, God forbid, he gets hurt or anything like that, Kevin Poulin can take over the net. The Rocket are flying. I believe they are 7-3-0 and in their last 10 games. They are up to third in the North Division. It is, it is a very good time to be a member of the Rocket. It's the only time where you can be demoted from the NHL and be promoted at the same time because they're doing – a lot of this winning without some of their centers and some of their uh, regular pieces still. So a really impressive run backstopped by Kevin Poulin in net. Um, I think my first up is going to be uh, Kent Hughes. And uh, obviously if you are in my proximity at all, whether I've spoken to you or whether you're online or anything, you know how happy I am about Marty. Obviously Martin San Louis is one of my favorite players or was one of my favorite players. He's now a coach. Um, everything that the Canadians are saying about him, uh, has, has been very positive. Everything I'm hearing out of his mouth has been very, very positive. So I do think that sometimes you have to make a difficult decision. There are currently three head coaches on the Montreal Canadiens payroll. Uh, Claude Julien, obviously, Dominique Ducharme. It's a bold decision to take a coach that you just extended that took the team to a Stanley Cup final the previous season and, and, and replace him in the middle of a season. It's not an easy decision to make. And not only that, we knew that the, you know, Jeff Gordon, potentially with conversations with, with Jeff Molson, the preference at that point was not to have a coaching change in the middle of the season. And Kent Hughes took that step. So obviously this is, it's positive. Like until the honeymoon's over, I'm just going to keep saying positive things. We've had so little to be happy about this season that I think every time um, I hear something that I love from either one of the players or the coach, I'm just going to be really, really excited about it. Every time I see the Canadians execute a play that, that they weren't able to before, or, you know, do positive things on the ice, I'm going to be really excited about it. And that's my first up. Sorry. I'm, I'm rambling, Scott. I'm taking up all of your time. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna agree with you on that one. But um, my last up for this week, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna agree on this, is that Cole Caulfield. It's isn't up this week. Uh, he should have had three goals, but they took one away because Tyler Toffoli was a half inch offside, and the NHL is stupid as hell. But the small goals boy <laughs> is once again scoring small boy goals, and it's great. He looks like an entirely different person. That goal that he scored against the Capitals was like a weight came off of his shoulders, and that confidence came back immediately. And confidence is a funny thing is that sometimes it only takes a goal and he's did that. And then in the next one, even though it got wiped out for offsides, he dangled through the defense, shoots, scores, scores in the next game against Columbus, got held off the sheet against the Sabres, but he had what would have probably been a goal, but his stick exploded as he was taking a wide open shot on Craig Anderson. It is what it is. Uh, I got to put Cole Caulfield on my up list this week, and I'm only hoping that that continues to go up because not that long ago we were talking about sending him back down to the rocket and helping him get his confidence back. And he just went ahead and did it at the NHL level anyways. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm so excited to see him and, and how happy he looks and, 
and it's it's going to be it's going to be a good season, good rest of season for him. I think. I don't think he's going to score forty goals because that would entail him scoring more than one goal in multiple games. But uh, I don't know. I I, I I I try not to think about what would have been if he had been played pr- correctly earlier in the season. Yeah, and as always, uh, that is three up, three down. We do that every Monday when we kind of recap the week that was and take a look at who we liked, who we didn't like. And that's actually going to wrap up our show. As always, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Please make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We hit the 500 subscribers. My co-host has to eat something disgusting instead of me for once. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick, and you can follow me at Scott Matla. And when you're done making us your first listen of the day, please go check out Locked on Bets with Lee Sterling and your boy Q. Have all the betting info that you're going to need to win all your bets. It is free and available wherever you find your podcasts.